Hello and welcome to Circles and Spaces. I'm Azande and I'm joined here by Dan. We've created this podcast, which is Circles and Spaces, the confessions of a youth leader. We really want to get into it. And I think before we do, Dan, could you please just give us some insight as to what is this podcast? So we've called it Circles and Spaces because we want to have lots of different circles for conversations and we want to have different spaces for different point of views. So we just want to listen to different people and like work on how we can actually like have unity and collaboration together, even though we might have like sometimes difference of opinion. But it's a space for people to bring their questions specifically for youth leaders, youth workers, youth pastors, teachers, parents, anyone who kind of has a heart for young people. Hopefully this is going to help them. And today we've got a really special guest. We love her, we respect her, and she's so necessary in today's leading of a generation, um, Rachel Garner. Yeah, she is brilliant. She has been in youth ministry, I think I'm gonna ask her, but I'm pretty sure it's around 20 years, like Ooh. two decades. She's done loads of different things. Uh, a part of a great organization called Youthscape, which is about equipping and empowering youth leaders and youth workers. And uh, she's got a brand new book out, and uh, I think we need to kind of get into that book. So let's get into the conversation with Rachel Gardner. Rachel Gardner, it is so good to have you with us on Circles and Spaces. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm loving seeing both your faces. It's nice to be here. (laughs) We are loving seeing yours. And thank you so much for being our very first guest. Yeah, first ever guest. We thought it was one person. Who's your first guest? Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Number one, first call. Thank you. It could all crash and burn here, couldn't it? Never. (laughs) Now, Rachel, I've known you for quite a few years now. I know, Xander, you've uh, you've known Rachel for quite a while. But you've been in youth ministry for like 20 years, two decades. You would have seen so much. And I guess we're really excited just to like, you know, rack your brains and get some thoughts about, you know, what you're seeing right now when it comes to youth ministry with the whole intention of just, you know, giving some hope and encouragement to other youth leaders, youth pastors, youth workers, or just anyone who loves youth around the world. So mm. let me jump in with the first question, if that's right. I am um, a big fan of your podcast, uh, the one you do at Youthscape. And I think it's absolutely brilliant, um, the stuff that you put in there. And you were talking about the other day, the cult of cool, the cult of cool. And that really resonated with me because, you know, as a creative myself and working with a lot of young people, you know, what, one thing that we do want to do is just create authenticity and realness and, you know, want to move away from superficial and fake. So I just wanted to, I guess, ask you, you know, when you wrote, when you were talking about that, you know, what was going through your mind and how would you really, I guess, explain that to people? I mean, I guess being 20 years in youth ministry, I am, um, I'm very conscious that if ever I was cool, <laughs> I definitely am not now. And uh, I think for me, lockdowns and everything moving online, because I'm like just such a relational youth worker. I just found all that so difficult. Um, and I felt, I did feel like a dinosaur. I felt like, gosh, this technology is like beyond me. I just want to sit on a curb on a, a roadside with a young person and just, you know, shoot the breeze. So um, I've been thinking about it quite a bit. And I, when I sort of just threw that phrase into the mix with Martin, um, I think, what I was trying to express was um, where there's sort of aloof disdain, sort of disengagement from the reality of people's lives, where we we kind of present maybe the gospel in a way that's too shiny, too perfect, to come to Jesus, everything gets sorted out. Or we make youth ministry um, look how we think it should look rather than what's really authentic for this group of young people. Um, I think cool is... Every single emerging generation, every single 
youth culture around the globe all throughout history will use a language of call because it's a language of rebellion. It's, it's trying to define who you are against the generation that's gone before you. So I think that's really important that each generation are at the cutting edge of innovation and creativity. And I think as those who want to incarnate Jesus with that community, we want to be exploring that language and be attractional and understand the cultural um, language and icons and ideas. So it's not that we don't engage in court. I think we really should. But I think where I've critiqued myself is where I think that the look of this is more important than the substance. So I think that, I think, Dan, that's what I was trying to get at, I think. <laughs> I love that. You've kind of touched on it, but I kind of want to lean into your book, if that's all right. I think when I was like looking at your social media and you were talking about your book that you've just put out, one of the things I did love is that I didn't get the sense that you were like pushing this book to get sales and profit. It, it, it feels like you've generally created this book to help youth leaders, to help young people. Mm. And uh, and that really comes across. So I just want to say, you know, I think you're an inspiration in not just what you've written, but how you've gone about talking about what you've written. As I open the first page, it says this, there seems to be a great hunger amongst leaders and pastors to engage in conversations about spiritual formation and simula- simultaneously a great reluctance to engage in conversations around sexual formation. So spiritual formation, yes, let's talk about it. Sexual formation, not keen to talk about it. Do you want to just speak into that? Yeah, I mean, interestingly, spiritual formation and sexual formation are very tightly linked, aren't they? Because God created us for himself to be hungry for him and to hunger for meaningful relationships with others. So they're really, really tightly linked. And particularly during adolescence, the questions of who am I? Is there a God? What am I here for? What's my purpose? What's my identity? They are so mashed up together that it's really hard to unpick them and unpack them. And yet we do, we try and separate. We try and say, well, I've got the whole God stuff down. I can help young people explore the story of God in this radically different age. But the stuff around sex just feels too different, too changeable, too dangerous, too risky. Um, and I think being a youth worker for 20 years, I, I'm, I, when I first started as a youth worker, the big kind of panic around young people's sexual maturation, sexual formation was around unplanned teenage pregnancies. We had the highest rate of unplanned pregnancies in the UK, um, in, in, Eastern, in Western Europe. Uh, we're real concerned around sexually transmitted infections. And we were beginning to be concerned about consent. You know, are, are young people who are, are, are sexually active, are they actually consenting or is this just they're going along with it? When you think now what our concerns or worries or fears about having these conversations is about, it's less about pregnancy and STIs. It's more around that we realise for many young people, the question about their sexual self, their, their sexual integrity cuts to the heart of their identity and, and we have a generation of young people who feel wounded and who don't know how to bring their whole self to God, who wants to receive their whole self. And, and many young people feel that either sexual sins, even if they wouldn't use that language, or sexual hurts or questions about identity, orientation, experience, they feel that that would be rejected by the God that we're saying loves you and welcomes you and knows you and has beautiful plans for your life. And I think because the average church leader, the average Christian parent, the average Christian youth leader cares passionately about a young person's whole life and and we're not blind to what they're facing, so many of us feel, oh, how do I even open up these conversations? What happens if, if we get to this intention? What happens if 
what they want and what they read in scripture is different. What, you know, what happens then? What, how do we help them with, the, with that? And I think that fear is genuine, but actually it doesn't need to silence us. Because I believe the wisdom in scripture is life bringing for every young person in every generation, particularly in an age where there is so much toxicity around all sorts of things. I think the church could be maybe the only place on the planet where we could say, because God loves us and knows us, we are completely safe. We are completely known. We are completely loved. And the invitation in scripture to be obedient to Jesus, that is for all of us, irrespective of gender, race, ethnicity, economic background, sexual orientation, gender identities. That invitation to be obedient to Jesus is for all of us. So let's be honest about how that works out in our own individual spaces and lives. It doesn't become about them and us then, it becomes about all of us then working out what it means to be obedient to Jesus. And so that that's my heart in this book, Dan, is that as a church, so often we've, I think we've overreached. We've sought to dictate to culture what they can and can't believe and should and shouldn't do. And that just doesn't cut it anymore. It never cuts it, but it definitely doesn't cut it with this generation. But what we can be is authentic disciples that say, listen, I'm sexually broken. Not all of my desires honour Jesus. Not all of my sexual desires are life bringing for me or others. And I'm willing to let Jesus speak into that, whether I'm straight, bisexual, gay, queer, however I feel about gender identities, where I sit on that, actually, that's not a barrier to choosing to be obedient to Jesus. And that's what I long for this book to open up and explore. So insightful. Thank you so much, Rachel. Um, I want to go a little bit deeper, if that's okay, probably just into the the purity culture. Uh, There might be some people listening who uh, aren't familiar with that term. And then there'll be some people listening who are like, almost like it's triggering that term. Uh, I work with a guy who just got married, uh, lives in Ireland, incredible guy. He won't mind me sharing this. And uh, he uh, got married and he waited till he was married to have sex. And then even after he was married, having sex with his wife felt like he was doing something wrong, felt bad. He kind of felt guilt or shame. Um, And so he would say that some of that purity culture um, had a negative effect on him. But I know there were certain positives that came out of it as well. And so I don't want to just say it's all negative, it's all positive. I guess I don't really want to say anything. I just want to hear sort of like what, 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 what is your findings and your thoughts on it? The desire to pursue sexual purity has been with us ever since, you know, the dawn of time. It's a godly, it's a godly desire. We love Jesus, so we want our whole lives to, to be in line with his will in our life. That's brilliant. I think the problem that happened was in the 90s, it kind of became a movement, a kind of a, a movement that had very strict mores about a number of things. So at the heart of it, Dan, I would agree with you. It was a desire that this generation growing up in the 90s of young people who, you know, adults were suddenly realising, oh my goodness, there's mass entertainment, there's mass media, there's all these pressures now on on Christian young people who are trying to form their faith identity and then now having to cope with all this stuff. So kind of the, the youth ministry that was sort of born in the, in the 80s and the 90s, particularly out of California, particularly out of the States, wanted to protect young people. And that desire to want to protect is a good desire. That's not a problem. But I think what happens is then a kind of a cultural movement grows up that supports or actually creates narratives again it's this overreach again isn't it um and so it began began to clash with actually how young people develop sexually and make decisions majority of us 
you know, I don't have a kind of an easy trajectory from we, we, we reach 10, 11, 12, we wake up to our sexuality, we begin to realize that we're getting sexual responses to ideas or images or things we see. And we begin to get mentors in our lives who help us navigate that we make mistakes, we do things that we think, oh, I'm not going to do that again. But I now know why we begin to think, what does it look like to follow Jesus and to change how I live? So we grow on this trajectory of maturity, Christian maturity, sexual maturity, maturity in our decisions. But what happens when a cultural movement comes in is it actually can prevent that healthy development because it kind of says to young people aged 12, 13, 14, listen, you mustn't be having sex. So to stop you having sex, you mustn't think about sex. And when you think about sex, this is what you need to do to stop thinking about sex. So don't masturbate. Because if you're masturbating, you are you are dishonoring your future spouse. And, and all these ideas grow up around it that you can see why they grow up, but they're not actually scriptural. They're not actually biblical. They want to protect a biblical sexual ethic, but they're actually, they're counterproductive. They don't produce uh, sexually mature Christian adults like your friend. What they do is they they send into the world these ideas. Adults like me, I was the same, Dan, that was my story, who actually have immense fear about their sexual selves who don't realize that the Holy Spirit, the the fruit of self-control is powerful and we can lean hard on the Holy Spirit and we can find grace when we make mistakes and we can do things differently. What we do is we actually internalize huge amounts of shame. We don't really believe the Holy Spirit is big enough and strong enough to cope with us. So we feel isolated and then we carry into our loving, committed, faithful marriages a lot of baggage and pain. That's not scriptural. That's not what Jesus longs for us. But there are generations of adults like your friend, like me, like others, that have carried lots of brokenness into relationships, chuck pornography into the mix, and it's just a pound of cake. So I am not against, in any way, shape or form, the desire in somebody's heart to be sexually pure. I desire that every day. What I am against is kind of cultural movements that then kind of load onto young people so many expectations that they will just crumble and and be crushed under. And Jesus says quite a massive thing about don't, you know, don't put a burden on someone they can't carry, you know. So I think that's in a nutshell, I mean, that's a bit waffly, Dan, but in a nutshell, that that would be my response. So I'm passionate about holiness um, and, and, and a rehabilitated holiness. Wow, this is, okay, Rachel, I could listen to you all day. This is like (laughs) stunning. I'm also like, I'm just, yeah, I'm just loving everything that you're saying because it's so important. And I think when we started off, we're just like, we want to free people. And I really think that like you carry freedom in the way that you talk, but also in this book that you've written. And this, I'm so grateful that this book that you've written, number eight, I'm guessing, yeah is is literally the spiciest most relevant (laughs) most real like you the way you write is like like i feel as if it's you speaking and you really come alive so i've got the book here it's called the sex thing reimagining conversations with young people around sex uh rachel where can people get this book i think all good uh places online i don't want to use the a word (laughs) but um, everyone's buying something i think from youthscape hey go get it from youthscape so my organization youthscape 
www.sexbook.co.uk. You can buy it in store. I mean, Dan, did you take a while to spot the word sex? Because most people think I've written a book called The Thing. The Thing, Because the yeah. word sex is really like slightly yeah. hidden. Yeah. No, I like the way you've done it. Is that debossing or embossing? Um, but yeah. I thought it's better to like give them a web link rather than just telling people to Google, you know, the sex thing. They might get all yeah. sorts of things coming up, right? That was so pastoral. Yeah. But, um, you know, we've got youth leaders. I mean, I say we've got. This is our first one, so we don't know who's listening to this. But no I'm one. assuming because uh, we'll be like, I guess, telling people throughout the, the Alpha Youth Network, there'll be yeah. Catholics, there'll be Protestants, there'll be all Amazing. different denominations, uh, different youth leaders. If you were just to give like one final tip or thought um, to encourage them, um, you know, what would you say? There's a beautiful passage in Matthew 11 where Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and brokenhearted and he talks about how uh, when you come to him you're yoked to him like an ox like, like these oxen that, that kind of plow in pairs and I think that is such a timely word for this season because I think two years in I mean I don't know when people are going to be listening to this but we've had a couple of years of the ground shaking haven't we and youth ministry being relentlessly challenging and changing all the time and the qualification in that passage for coming to Jesus is not you've got your strategy sorted for the year you've got your budget sorted you've got your volunteers no the qualifying factor is you're weary you're brokenhearted and you're carrying a burden of oppression that's not yours to carry and Jesus says come to me and in my presence I'll exchange that for a yoke where you're paired to me and I will carry the weight and we will plough that field together. And I think ahead of us, we know there are some challenging days. You know, you know, this is an amazing time to be called into youth ministry for such a time as this. This is, this is like culture shifting time. And God has asked you to, to pair with him and his spirit to plough this field and see something happen. So come to him with your weariness and allow him to exchange that for a, for a yoke that you can carry and get excited about the mission that's before you. Amazing. So Incredible. good. Rachel, thank you so much for taking some time to be with us. Uh, we think you're very inspiring yeah. and you're a standout leader. So thank you so, so much. Right back at you. Thank really you. Really appreciate you. That was like incredible. And I just, I think one of the key things about Rachel is that she is so informed, like she's been doing this for so many years there's probably not been a season or generation of young people that she hasn't seen. And I just loved hearing the wealth in her knowledge and how like well like researched it was. I just thought that was, yeah, so helpful. Yeah, it was so good. And so I just want to challenge all the youth leaders out there, the youth pastors, youth workers, you know, this Valentine's, have a bit of a conversation around, you know, sex, sexuality, purity culture I mean whether or not that's what they want to talk about but I think if we just create some spaces mm. for listening and learning and sharing I think the only thing that's going to come out of it is like health yeah. and trust and um, you know just like happier healthier relationships absolutely and I, what one of the really key things was when Rachel was speaking she spoke so much about how how much time she spent listening um, to cultivate this like research this book masterpiece um, and I think you're right that's let's take a lead let's let's be listening to young people and yeah. hear what they've got to say absolutely so that's it for this episode uh don't forget to check out alpha youth uh youth.alpha.org uh you can check it out on instagram tiktok uh youtube facebook alpha yth and we'd love to hear from you any thoughts stories agreements or disagreements confessions. like yeah confessions <laughs> it's a real we're trying to create a safe space here where there's nothing off the table so feel free um share your thoughts with us we'd love to hear from you also, don't forget to hit subscribe so that you'll be the very first to know when we bring out a new episode. Have a great day. Have a great Valentine's. Yeah, happy Valentine's. Woo. Bye.